Lead me to some soul today. Oh, teach me. Lord Welcome, everyone, uh, to episode number 41. I say that I've started saying this almost every time when we start the uh, our interviews now, but I can't believe we're already at number 41. But this uh, episode number 41 of a series of episodes we're calling Leading Others to Christ. During these episodes, uh, we'll be focused on evangelism. Uh, and one of our goals, if you will, is to stir us up, stir us up to love and good works, especially in the area of reaching our family, our friends, and our neighbors with the gospel of Christ. My name is Dan Barker, and I preach for the Creekside Church of Christ in Franklin, Indiana. In Franklin, for those of you that don't know, we're about 20 miles south of downtown Indianapolis. Um, and I uh, also served as one of the shepherds there. Those of you that know me know that I, I, I'm passionate about our subject today of, of evangelism. And I have been ever since I obeyed the gospel in Owensboro, Kentucky, when I was 21 years old. Uh, and I really have. Ever since then, <clears throat> I've been trying to, anything I can get my hands on, anybody I can talk to, uh, to learn better how to to teach, and I've been striving to to learn how to, to be better at this, and I'm 74, and I'm still a work in progress, but I like to say in, in these interviews, to use some Bible phrases, uh, striving to teach others to, to, uh, to teach, uh, to sow the seed, uh, to be a, uh, to learn how to be a, a better fisher of men and, and women, uh, to make disciples, to persuade men and women, uh, and remembering what Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.2, and the things you've heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And then later in the chapter, he's talking to Paul's talking to Timothy about being useful for the master. And I, I really, I really like that. And so I came up with this idea last year during all the COVID mess uh, of, well, you know, it would be interesting to interview people, to interview Christians, to interview men and women fellow workers who are who are out there doing this, the ones that are out there reaching and leading others to Christ. And once we've identified who they are, to interview them, learn more about them, uh, who they are, where they are, how they're doing their work. And uh, so that brings us to today. And we're excited today to have someone with us that I'm confident we're going to learn a lot from. So uh, be sure and get your pen and paper out so you can take some notes unless you're driving unless you're listening to this driving in the car. But uh, we have with us today, Roger Schaus. Welcome, Roger. Good to be here. I, I thank you for the honor of doing this. Oh, well, it's just uh, the honor is ours that, you, that you've taken the time to, to, to come with us today. Now, Roger works with the Charlestown Road Church of Christ in New Albany, Indiana. It's really right across the river from uh, Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, Roger, we, we start every... Uh, uh, start to say show it's not right we start every interview out with uh what we call the, sh the like the old elevator pitch <clears throat> uh, uh it's like you get on an elevator say you're going up to 10 stories you know and somebody says well what do you do what do you do for a living and you got 10 floors there to tell them. but uh we call it the short bow so those a lot of people know who roger shouse is but for those that don't kind of bring us up to speed you know start at the beginning where you were born how you learned the truth uh, and where you're working now, and kind of bring us up to speed, Roger. Okay, great. Oh, great. Well, I, I preach here at New Albany, uh, Charlestown Road. I've been here about 14 years. I am a Hoosier. 
I was born in Indianapolis and oh. attended, attended 40th and Emerson congregation. Um, uh, some of my early uh, mentors, I guess you could say, early preachers that really influenced my life were men like Ellie Stouffer or Bob Dickey. And I was baptized uh, my senior year in high school and went off to Purdue University. Uh, my goals were to be a forest ranger. And the more I got into that, the less I liked that. And I had dreams of going out west and working for a little church and during the weekend and being a forest ranger during the week. And more and more, I thought that's just not a good idea. And so I uh, kind of got the preaching bug and I worked in a couple of uh, little training programs. And then I was down here in the south side of Indiana um, for a couple of years, just every Sunday morning, getting up and driving an hour and a half, preaching for 10 people here. Next Sunday is another little church. And I just did that for two or three years. Um, my first local work was in uh, Benton, Illinois. I was there about two years. Then I moved back to Indianapolis. I was at Greenwood Congregation for 15 years. Then I moved to Kansas City, Missouri, and was out there 10 years. And I've been back over here for 14 years. So I've been preaching over 40 years full-time, uh, all total probably about 43 or 44 years. And uh, married, four kids. They're all married. I've got 10 grandkids. Number 11's coming on the way. So just mm -hmm. uh, life is good. Life is good. Lord's blessed. That's, that's good. That, there's a lot of, hey, there's, that's a short bio, but there's a lot of stories there, isn't there? That's a fast elevator. <laughs> a fast elevator. See, I didn't realize that you were born in Indianapolis. I didn't know you were, you were a Hoosier. Yes, uh, I, I'm going to get in trouble up here. I've been up here for a few years now, but I'm always talking about and asking people, well, how do y'all, how do y'all do things in Hoosierville? And I'm, I'm going to get in, in trouble, yeah. but, uh, but, uh, Anyway, uh, it's a great state, and and uh, we're we're glad to be here. And uh, you know the, so you were a senior in high school. Um, did you grow up in the church? If you I did, I did. Um, my my family, my father, and on back were from Owen County, Indiana, a little place around Spencer, smaller place called Cole City, and my historic or my religious historical lineage goes back about five, six generations in the church. Some of the very first people really? in that county who flipped over from being denominational to just New Testament Christians in their little log cabins, they were direct descendants of mine. Wow. So, so I grew up, but I was one of those that just, some people call late bloomer. Some, you know, my, as a high school kid, you'd hear the preachers up there talking about the sinners and this and that. And I was a pretty good kid. I was pretty good. Right. And, you know, I was out, you know, I went to a city high school in Indianapolis and there were guys I knew stealing cars and there were guys smoking dope and I wasn't doing any of that stuff. So, you know, I was like, I'd go to church on Sunday and like, I'm a pretty good guy. Finally it connected with me that I'm not in Christ. I'm a good right. guy, but I'm not in Christ. Yes. And so when those dots connected, then I started thinking, okay, better get, to, better get it together. And so I started preaching about two years after I was baptized. I mean, it just uh, uh, just took off, and it's been a joy of my life. Well, uh, again, thanks for sharing that. And, uh, uh, yeah, I, I didn't grow up in the church, and it uh, took me a long time. Uh, first time I was exposed to the church, if you will, I was 17, and uh, 21 before I obeyed the Gospels. I'm a little slow learner, but uh, 
there's a lot, lot of things there with the story, but, uh, but it's, uh, I, I just find all that fascinating of how we, how we learn the truth. And, uh, you know, stories are so, I think so important. Um, uh, and, uh, I know that, I mean, think about the Bible itself. How did God, you know, he decided to communicate with us through stories. And, yes. uh, and, uh, so, uh, I just find it all fascinating, but, I've done this several times and you've touched on it a little bit. Uh, you said you wanted to be a, you were thinking about being a forest ranger. And so how would you answer this, Roger? Why are you doing what you're doing of all the things you could have done like forest rangers? Why are you passionate about leading others to Christ? You know, years, years ago when we were in Kansas city uh, is at the end of a year, one of the elders was up there giving kind of a, synopsis of the church to everybody then he came to me and he said now i want you to know that brother shouse has no he gets no insurance from us he gets none of this gets none of the you know you know there's no stock options there's none of this and i leaned over to my wife and said now why am i doing this (laughs) it's Uh, you know the the passion is changing lives and help just helping the kingdom grow and for me, especially when I moved here to New Albany, it, we realized that uh, through technology, like what we're doing right now, I mean, you're in Franklin, I'm down here, we're about two hours away from each other right now. Yes. But here we can do this. Um, 10 years ago, wasn't possible. Last generation, this wasn't possible. So, right. through, so through modern technology, um, we've become a global church. And so... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm reaching people every day worldwide. And that's just fascinating. People, I don't know who they are. I don't know. But like you said, everybody has a story and everybody has the same need. We all need Jesus. And at the end of the day, we really all want to be in heaven. And so, so that, that's the driving point for me is that, you know, God has sprinkled some talent on me. And I think he expects me to glorify him. And this is how I do it. And I, you don't have to preach, you know, not, you know, so some of the best workers, some of the best people in the kingdom are not titled. They're not elders or deacons or preachers. They're, they're just servants of God. And that's how I view myself. I'm just a servant of Christ. I, I happen to get paid for what I do. Um, we train young preachers here. And two of the things I tell these young preachers are number one, you're not the smartest person that Bible in the Bible in that building. There's people a lot smarter than I am, and you're not the best speaker. You just have to be one who gets paid for it. So, so that that kind of brings you down where you need to be just a little bit. Well, yeah, that's that's uh, you're right on that. And uh, yeah, even though I'm preaching, I see myself more of a teacher than a preacher. And uh, there's a lot better preachers out there than I am, and a lot better teachers. But I do I try, you know, do the best that I can. Uh, you know, it's. Uh, Tell us, uh, tell the group that are listening here uh, a little bit more about Charlestown Road Church of Christ. What, tell us a little bit about the group. Well, it's, it's an exciting group. It's, it's an old congregation. Um, this congregation has been around since like 1919. So it's an old congregation. Um, it used to be kind of a traditional church as we think about that, just kind of kind of just doing what everyone else is doing. But we kind of got, got – uh, fired up a while back. We we really took a serious look at shepherding, the New Testament way of shepherding, and got them on board, got the deacons on board, and got the folks to see that we have global opportunities. 
we have a we have a massive uh, amount of technology here. We have a studio within the building, and so we're doing three podcasts a week. We're putting out videos. We're very active on um, social media, and that's that's going to be one of the bridges we need to talk about because. You know, a generation ago, when you talk about converting your neighbor, that probably meant I had to go next door and knock on his door. Today, you knock on somebody's door, and the first thing they're going to say is, what? <laughs> You're bothering me. <laughs> you know, right. Why you want? But because of social media, God has made it so easy for people who cannot preach to share a sermon, to share yes. an article, to share something someone else has written. And now, not just with my friend across the street, I can do it across the world. And through that network, we are, we are able to touch thousands of people we never could have before. And so, you know, that, that, that has just gotten the DNA of this church, understanding that. And then we have really worked on um, not just doing what, it, you know, a while back we started talking about why, why do we always do what we do? Right. Why do you have a gospel meeting? What's, what's the purpose? Why do all classes have to be 13 weeks? Why, you know, and, and we started looking at, there are two models given to us, we believe. One generation hands it to the next generation. Right. One model is the biblical model. You can't touch that. That's, that's from God. So we are to assemble on Sunday. We're to take the Lord's Supper on Sunday. That's, that's, that's the pattern of the New Testament. But then with that, there comes a generational model. And that's how you do things. So we're going to meet at 930 or we're going to be at two in the afternoon. Are we going to, you know, where are we going to put the Lord's Supper? And, and, and do we have to have two sermons on Sunday? Can we have one, just one service on Sunday? So that model we realize is in our hands. Yes. And we, we, we can make it best for this. What worked for that last generation may not work for this generation. And then in time, we're going to pass this on to the next generation if it be such. And so, so what we're doing is we're looking at, okay, what, what is the best way to teach classes? What is the best way to reach people? What is the best way of sharing the gospel? And so that's just got the wheels turning here. And so it's a very exciting place. we got lots of people that do lots of things, and I sometimes just want to get out of their way. So. Well, uh, I know that uh, with COVID and everything going on, with, uh, but on, uh, if, if things were normal, whatever that is anymore, about how many folks uh, attend there? Well, in the pre-COVID, we were we were knocking on four hundred. <clears throat> in okay. fact, um, just <clears throat> just as COVID started, we expanded our auditorium. And it's like, oh great, <laughs> you know, we expanded oh. and kind of got shut down for. So we're just in the process of firing the engines back up again. But it's yeah. uh, uh, it, it's a good sized church. Lots of lots of people a lot lot but we look at this like a team and, and that's the key the concept of a team um you know growing up in indianapolis you know peyton manning was the hero uh, he could have been the mayor of the city you know he everybody loved peyton you know smart guy he's he was one of the first quarterbacks to you know while everybody's lined up to kind of stand up and start pointing at people and shouting out nobody ever did it before peyton okay yeah. and now now peyton's so smart he could take tickets at the booth and he could sell hot dogs. He's a smart guy. He could polish <laughs> the helmets. Okay. Yeah, but sure. what we find out is what's Peyton best at? What's this guy? And so that's the same concept within the church. Okay. You can get this one guy and he does all this, but maybe his talents over here, we find someone else. Talent. And, and so it becomes a team concept. Now 
can Peyton win without without anybody else? No, no. He needs a hot dog, guys, to sell some hot dogs so he makes some money, okay? <laughs> he needs a guy to polish the helmet so his helmet's right. He needs linemen. He needs receivers. He needs coaches. He needs yes. training. Who's most important? All of them. All exactly. Of them. And that's our concept here. Well, that's kind of biblical, isn't it? It's, and, and this body needs an eye and a hand and a foot. and a, That's it. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that – uh, I, I'm so excited to hear you say that, Roger, because and not being negative, but in, in some places that kind of a conversation doesn't occur to even to sit back and say, well, let's just think about why are we doing what we're doing? Like you're talking about the times of service and the way we teach the classes. And uh, 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 th- there's a there's a different DNA in, in a lot of places. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things we're trying to do is to get people to think outside that proverbial box. Well, you, you, know, you know, the. The, the COVID you mentioned, okay? Yeah. So many places have been shut down, and now yeah. they're starting to loosen up. And the word I'm hearing over and over is, let's get back to normal. Well, the question yes. is, was normal working? Good. That's right. That's exactly and, right. And, and this is a good time to think, well, maybe we need to reevaluate. Maybe we need a new normal. Now, again, we're not going to change that biblical model from God because we don't. But maybe how we do that needs to be looked at and say, Maybe we just did it because that's the only thing we knew. And now's the time to look at stuff and think, okay, maybe we can do things differently. Well, I was looking at your at your website, and it's uh, – I don't know who does all of that, but it's it's really good. And you've got a lot of – there's a lot of activity uh, going on there. And I would encourage people to go and, and look at the site. But I noticed one thing, and I, I thought we'd t- just talk about for a second your – one of your, I don't know if it's your theme this year, it's one of your teaching programs, the building blocks. Uh, Just kind of give, just maybe do that real quick and give people an idea of what you're doing with that. Okay. Well, that came out during COVID. And um, in our uh, shepherds and preacher um, discussions we have every week, we realized that we, we, we really had two churches within this church. We had one church that was very strong. Everything we did, I mean, we're putting out three podcasts. I write five blogs a week. We're putting out videos. They were eating up everything, live streaming, everything. Then we had another segment that was barely even doing the worship live stream. And so we said, okay, we got two churches here. One church, great. The other church is kind of weak and COVID's making them weaker. So we can just harp and harp and harp, and that usually doesn't work. Or we need to get back to some basics. So the idea of building blocks was the idea of, here's here's a simple video. You sit down with your kids. Build into that is some some things that they can print off, some activities, some things like that, different age-based. And then uh, some daily Bible readings, just all tied together. So fundamentals, you know, why God? Why the Bible? Why church? And we got a whole year of these put out there. When we're done, we're looking at this like a like a bookshelf. And so later on, here comes somebody, and and I may not want to come to church because I, I I'm I'm intimidated or I'm afraid. I'm you're going to ask my money. You're going to you're going to question me. Okay, right. go over here, and and watch just about God or watch just about the Bible. Watch just about the church. And in that concept we're building, it will help them. Uh, we think so. So really the twofold of this is to help 
help some of these in our congregation get back to their commitment where they should be. But the other part is going to be an outreach. And so we're kind of tying this. This is becoming the, the new hub of our teaching program. And so uh, we're putting monitors everywhere. We're going to still make them videos, but we're going to show these videos in the classes. And then we're going to discuss these things. That, that's really exciting. Uh, and, and I think a lot of people, uh, and I, I know uh, everyone's welcome, especially now that you're opening back up again, but I would encourage the ones that I, I, now I need to get down there sometime and just to see some of the things that y'all are doing. But we, uh, uh, we, we've been calling this a, like a conversion story. Uh, would you share with us a, a story of someone uh, that maybe had a unique, how you met him was unique or sure. they ended up obeying the gospel. Would you share a story with us? Sure. I got, I got a couple stories, but the, this one takes place in Kansas city. <clears throat> there was, there was a, a lady by the name of D um, her, her children were Christians. She was a Christian and she was diagnosed with advanced cancer. Very serious. Um, the family actually thought she was getting better. And one Saturday night, <clears throat> I, was, I was, in fact, I was getting ready to go to bed. Family called me in tears and said, we come to the hospital. So I went to the hospital. They were, they were so crying, they could hardly talk. Uh, the doctor said, that's it. And the doctor said, there's about two weeks, that's all, which really stunned them. And they said, we're all crying. She's crying. We go in there and talk to her. I said, sure. So I went in there, and of course, you know, you, as a preacher, you're supposed to have the magical words. And I, so I just started talking to her, you know, and she wouldn't even look at me. And I started talking to her about Jesus. Started talking about, you know, I, I have this view of death. I use it so many times a year. The people here know it. Uh, I think from John 14, when Jesus said, in my, in my father's house are many mansions. Um, for years and years, I viewed it that you'd have your mansion, I'd have my mansions, little gates around them. Actually, the Greek language says, in my father's house are many rooms. And I believe we go through doors, get from one room to another room. So to go from the womb to where we call life, you go through a door. We call it birth. To go from life to the next room where Jesus is, you go through a door. We call that door death. It's just a door. We get fixated on that door. The door swings one way. But we get so, and so I started talking to her about that door. I started talking to her about what you're going to see. Talked to her about some of our hymns. We started just going through the hymns. I read her a few verses. She got real, and she, she started looking at me, okay. smiling. So that was Saturday night. Okay. Next day, Sunday morning, I'm just about ready to leave the house, go to services. Her sister calls. Her, you'd have to know her sister. Her sister's real gruff, kind of tough speaking. Is this Roger? I said, yes. She goes, I want to talk to you. Said, oh, boy. Here I, did, here, I, here I did it. Did you come talk to my sister yesterday? I said, yes. What did you talk to her about? I said, well, heaven and what she's going to see and what it's like. Then she got real quiet. Wow. She said, will you tell me the same thing you told her? I said, yeah, I will. She goes, we're all crying, and she's smiling. <laughs> and I said, well, I said, it's only going to get better for her. So she died about two days after funeral, baptized her sister. Wow. And, and it was nothing special. It was just, here's where you're going to go. Here's the confidence you have. And it's just a great thing. Now, let me tell you one other story. Okay. Yes. 
this didn't actually lead to a conversion, but, but it led to some folks having a study. Um, I was in a meeting somewhere. I was in another, I think I was in Texas. If I remember, I, I forget where I was at, but uh, a whole group of Christians, you know, this is pre COVID of course, we're, we're at the restaurant and um, we decided to say a prayer before the food comes. The waitress comes up with our drinks and she sees we're praying and she kind of stands off and we say, come, come, come on over here. You know? And I said, is there anything in your life that you'd like us to pray for? And at first she said, no, I mean, she's kind of embarrassed at first, but then she goes, will you pray for my grandma? We said, yeah. Well, we said, what, what's her name? And, and we said a prayer and everything. So then we went on, had our meal and everything. We were leaving, we were in our car and she comes running out and knocks on our window. And she said, that's never happened before. And she said, well, can you tell me where, where you are? And then we said, well, we're right down here at this church. And, you know, just, but, yeah. but all, all we did was include her in the prayer. That's all we did. And I thought, how many times did we go out to eat? And here, here stands somebody and we think, well, can we, can we pray for you? Can we just pray for her? So. Yeah, that's great. And I know you have so many other stories, uh, but those are, both of those are, are just outstanding. And, you know, this came up, uh, one of our early interviews, but somebody was talking about uh, somebody and, and, and they actually said, I've thought about what if I had never said anything to her? What if, and I've brought that up so many different times, what if, is this like you saying to her, what if you had not said, do you have anybody that we could pray for? Yeah. Uh, and, and there's so many, we pray for opportunities ask God for opportunities to teach and he puts them in our path. I think all the time. And, and sometimes if we're not paying attention, we just walk right by. Well, you know, you know, that the, you know, a- after that, you know, I-, I found doing that even in hospital rooms, you know, here, here, here's this patient's getting ready to be taken back for surgery. We want to say a prayer in comes the nurse. Hey, we're going to say a quick prayer and I'll step out. No, no, no join us. And, and, is everybody's got something to pray about. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, not to be negative, but I want, I'm going to just give some feedback here. Uh, you know, we've looked at stats over the year that are, are so discouraging of the number of uh, churches that are close, number of churches of Christ that are closing their doors. Uh, number of, uh, of Christians that are, that are leaving the church. And they're just, uh, you know, I, I've got an article here that I think I was telling you about back when I was 14 years old. There was an article in the Owensboro Messenger and Enquirer about the Church of Christ being the fastest growing church in the in the United States. And can you imagine that being said today, that the Church of Christ is the fastest growing church? You know, and it's like, I, I guess my question is, and this is just, you know, a thought, but why is there... In, in so many places, and, and this is not, I always have to be careful how I say this, because obviously Charlestown Road, Church of Christ, there's there's a, a lot of things going on. You guys are on fire there. But why why are there so many places where it's just this, this topic of evangelism is just apathy? There's just no interest. Well, what's your take on that? Why, why do you think? I, I think we've made evangelism too hard. Um, I, 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 to me, it's kind of like a guy trying to drive a stick shift. I mean, we, we can talk about sports, we talk about the weather, but then when it comes to talking about evangelism, we, we got, we grind the gears and, and my favorite verse is about the subject is Mark five nineteen. There when Jesus, uh, cast out the demons out of that man, 
the man wanted to follow Jesus. And Jesus said, no, go home to your people and tell them what the Lord has done. Now, what's interesting is today, what we would say is before you do that, we've got to have a 13 week class on evangelism. Here, here are some tracks you need to take with you. Here's no, this guy had no class. He had no tracks, but he knew Jesus had changed his life. Yeah. yeah. And I'll be able to say that. I'll say, you know, if it wasn't for Jesus, how many marriages would I be through today? If it wasn't for Jesus, would I be in jail today? If it wasn't for Jesus, would I even be alive today? Just tell your story. Yeah. And you don't, you don't have to, you know, and, and, and all of our story comes back to the same central point. I was a sinner and Jesus saved me. Yes. Yeah. Powerful. But, and you, like you say, we've made it too hard and people are afraid. They say, I don't know what I'm afraid. They're going to ask me something. I don't know. And it's like, yeah, just uh, tell them, tell them your story and uh, get the conversation going. Um, um, all right. I know uh, the jump start daily. I, I don't know how long I've been listening to that. Just tell everybody real quick about that. And uh, cause I'm sure there's some that are not on that listening to it or sure. listening, re- reading your blog every day and, and tell right. them what that. Well, it's now become our Monday Monday morning blog is I read one from the archives. This this started a little over 10 years ago. Uh, at the end of the year, I, I do a lot of meetings. And so the elders want to know what's out there. You know, what do you see facing the churches? And I say, you're not going to like this. But I said, everywhere I see, even here, the only time people open their Bibles is when they're in church house. They're just too busy. And so we started talking about, okay, that's the problem. What's the solution? I said, I can give them one sermon and give them a guilt trip, but that won't fix it. So the whole idea was for 30 days, my goal was just to do this for 30 days. For 30 days, you go to work, flip on a computer, there's a verse, read some of my thoughts, get on your day. After 30 days, you're kind of in the rhythm, that'd be it. So we got to the end of 30 days, I was ready to quit it. And I found out that our members have been passing this on to non-Christian co-workers who pass on to their friends. And by the end of 30 days, we had a network already over 200. Now, now it's probably three to 4,000 worldwide. And I, I, I get emails every single day. I get people telling me, you can never quit. I think, thank you. <laughs> you know, uh, you know? Um, it's, it's become a huge avenue of what we do here. I mean, it wasn't intended. I mean, this is just a little quick fix. And I think that's how the Lord does things sometimes. Um, we're in an age where publications are no more. Um, and you know, people read things like that. And I guess the Lord is, you know, it's something I didn't know I could do. You know, if I moved to this church and they said, you're going to write a blog every single day, I'd probably say, see ya, you know, that ain't happening, but it's something I just stumbled into. And I believe the Lord has gifted me. And I guess I just, you know, I don't view myself so much as a preacher, it's just somebody trying to get to heaven. And so I get, you know, I just kind of, it's kind of like an online diary sometimes. And people just, you know, they just say, you write like you talk, you talk like you write. And I say, well, that's just me, you know, and well, it just resonates. I guess it just resonates, you know. And, well, it does. Yeah. And, and uh, I really enjoy it. And uh, I've, uh, as I mentioned earlier, before we started the interview, I've, I've, I don't know if it's right to say I've stolen some sermon ideas. That's not right. I've, bar- I've borrowed some ideas and uh, seeds that you planted. And uh, uh, yeah, the, the ones that are listening to this interview, if you haven't gone to that, it's uh, Jumpstart uh, Daily. Jumpstarts da- Jump Daily. It's plural. Jumpstartsdaily.com. Yeah. .com. 
and it's free. Uh, you can just sign up and yeah it's you know. really really good so all right we're we're almost out of time here and i, I always try to end the interview uh, roger with what i call one thing and you've already touched on, there's more than one thing but and you've already touched on some things there that that would be a good one thing but somebody's listening to this and they realizing that you know what i have kind of you know i haven't been on fire about this i haven't said anything to anybody for years about about my story or about why I'm a Christian. And so they want to get involved. All right. So what would be one thing that you would say to somebody that they need to do or learn how to do to get involved in evangelism? I would say that uh, we're, we're not a product of evolution. God has made each of us special. We all got special gifts. We all have different background. We all have a story and God believes you can do it. You just have to believe it. Don't, don't, don't settle on just one way of evangelism. Don't think when I say evangelism, that means I got to go talk to this guy across the street. I'm very nervous. No, um, share something on Facebook. Share some. I mean, we we have a daily quote we put out every day. Not not just just a quick witty quote. On Fridays we have what's called Friday Fives. It's just five statements, no commentary. Just I mean, just multi, what we're trying to do is put so many tools in a guy's hand. Somebody came to your house and was going to. Uh, refurbish your house you'd know, you'd be amazed at all the tools he brings and we got to realize that okay maybe the hammer doesn't work for me maybe i'm a guy who needs the drill maybe i need the saw maybe i need to and and realize in, in our times today there are so many ways i can share things and maybe i don't have the gift of gab or maybe i can't express words well i can take a jump start and send it to a friend I can say, hey, watch this video or listen to this blog. Um, God has made it easy. And, and what we have to do is realize, you know, it's put into our, there, there's no other option. You know, when God started with those 12 apostles, there wasn't a B team. You know, he didn't say, okay, you guys, you know, I'm bringing up the JV team. There was no JV team. And the only way the kingdom grows is through us. There is no other way. That's right. So I have been saved. You have been saved. We just need, and we need to get beyond the numbers. We worry about numbers. How many baptized? We just need to put the seed out. Let God worry about the numbers. Right. Sow that seed. That's our job. Right. Good. So, so my one thing would be, you can do it. You can do you it. You can do it. All right. What's your wife's name? Debbie. Debbie. Uh, you tell, obviously, you and I have not met face-to-face yet, but uh, you tell Debbie hi, and I'm assuming that she's been a key player in your team. The, t- the, the two of you. Am I right? Tell Absolutely. me. Let me t- let, you got a second or are we out of time? Now, let's, let's take the time. Okay. Let's, let me tell you the background. Okay. She grew up in a denominational world. Okay. She didn't grow up with the background I did. Okay. And so in college, she was dating somebody that led her to the Lord. Um, we got married about a year after that. So she was a new convert when I married her. Um, she had in her mind, she was telling people she was going to marry a preacher. And, th- and they said, why? She goes, well, I want somebody to answer my questions. <laughs> so, <laughs> now she asked me questions I can't answer. I don't can't know. Answer. But, yeah. but, okay. but what, we bring to, what we bring to the table is I know somebody where they're at who's been a longtime Christian. I know somebody who's second, third, fourth generation Christian. I grew up and this is all I know. I know somebody like that. That's me. Yes. She's outside perspective. 
And what's so funny is years, years ago, when we, we were first married, we could go up to a stranger. We could say word for word, the same thing. And he, he would look at me and say, no, I'm not interested. And he'd look at her and say, yeah, I want to come. Wow. <laughs> but then after that, she wouldn't know what to do. So yes. she could invite, I'd do the studies. And that, that's that team again. Absolutely. So yes. maybe you're not good at inviting. Maybe you can be the teacher. Maybe you're not good at teaching. You can be the inviter. Work together. Well, you tell her we're proud of her because I think she probably gets a whole lot of the credit for uh, for Roger Shouse's, uh She does. Yeah, same thing with my wife. And uh, sometimes we don't give them enough credit or don't mention them enough. Uh, I'm speaking for myself now. But, uh, you know, uh, the role of women, uh, we know that the, the women are restricted uh, by God's word of what they can do in, in public service. But there's no restrictions on them out there teaching and setting up studies and inviting. And uh, we've got a lot of we've got a lot of talent and a lot of a lot of potential sitting in a lot of pews. Uh, and we need to encourage the, the ladies to go out and work together with another woman or whatever. And uh, that's a whole other conversation. But uh, you tell Debbie, uh, thank you. All right. We're out of time, brother. And I, again, thank you for taking this time today to do this. And uh, we'll be following up with you. If somebody wanted to reach out to Roger Shouse, would you mind sharing contact information? Sure. Um, best way is probably my email. And that's my name, Rog, R-O-G. Shouse, S-H-O-U-S-E, at AOL.com. Just send me an email and I'll get with you. All right. All right. Well, again, thanks so much. and appreciate your work there. Keep it up, brother. And uh, Lord willing, we'll meet someplace. So we're not that far away. So we got to <laughs> maybe get together for coffee or something. But again, thanks so much for doing this and uh, keep up your good work. Thanks, brother. Thank you. Melt my heart and fill my life Give me one soul today